Welcome to the Sporting Ones AFL Behavioural Awareness Podcast. I'm the Sporting One and with co-host Hados. How are you going, Hados? Yeah, going well, mate, and uh, behaving very appropriately at the moment. I should hope so, or I'll start pacing up and down the aisles. Uh, welcome to everyone. It's another buy round uh, down. Uh, we've got uh, a big episode planned and for round 14, but quickly we'll just go through round 13 results. So the Crows got the uh, chocolates on the Thursday night against a, what I'd call a plucky Richmond, who were a bit... Um, I guess uh, manpower, they were fairly well down on what they would uh, usually be, but they put up a solid effort for three quarters. Uh, the Bombers were far too good for the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks, very disappointing in that, and a lot of uh, a lot of controversy in that one. Uh, Pinchy uh, comes to mind. Uh, St Kilda and the Gold Coast. Uh, funniest moment from the weekend was the guy up on the Gold Coast who said, I'm not here to watch that shit. It's too hot after one of the Gold Coast players dropped a mark. And I couldn't agree more. It was a scrappy game, and it wasn't necessarily hitting any great heights. But the Saints got the chocolates by four points after being down by 31 early in the third. So very good effort by them. Uh, Frio, uh, again, a last quarter effort. Far too good for the power over there in Optus at Optus Stadium, winning by 21 points. Sonny Walters just compiling a nice dossier of three-vote matches for three matches in a row, and he was a difference, kicking six goals. The Bulldogs looked very good against Carlton in parts, but they did what they had to do, and they just won by three points. A weird game, that one, wasn't it? Very ebby uh, and flowy. flowy. Yeah, momentum, uh, and a lot of behavioural awareness, too, uh, from that game, uh, just, just to make mention. And then down in a what looked like an absolutely freezing uh, Hobart, Blundstone Arena, the Giants in the second half. After very even first half, North Melbourne were good for two, uh, for that first half, uh, but uh, the Giants just put the um, put them to the sword in the second half and showed their real class and uh, won it quite convincingly in the end. So the latter looks like Geelong still two games clear in on forty four points. Then GWS and Collingwood on thirty six. GWS now in second on percentage. Adelaide rounds out the top four, looking ominous uh, with West Coast in fifth, both on thirty two points. Frio, Brisbane, and Richmond round out the eight on twenty eight points. But Richmond looking a bit um, shaky with their percentage, so they'd want to get uh, more wins on the board than anyone else looking to get outside from the eight. Port, Essendon, and St. Kilda on 24 points. Essendon perhaps making their march. Uh, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and the Western Bulldogs on 20 points. Then Sydney on 16. Melbourne, Gold Coast 12. And Carlton rounded out on eight points, which Crows fans are still very excited about. Mm, as they should be because it uh, looks like the number one pick's headed their way. What do you make of the ladder, mate? Do you think uh, there's going to be much change in the eight? The only sides that I would say probably Frio, Brisbane, and Richmond aren't entrenched like we thought. Perhaps Brisbane were a few weeks ago. That loss to Carlton really does hurt them a bit. Frio, we know are good at home. What are they like away? Are they going to be able to sustain it, um, I guess, without their sort of main rucks in Lob and Sandalands, even though Sandalands has gone missing for the whole season, really? Yeah. Um, do you see anyone who would be the one outside the eight that you think uh, is the biggest chance of uh, 
coming home in the in the latter half of the year and stealing a spot in the finals. There's two I like there just outside the eight. Uh, one's, dare I say, at Port with their players coming back perhaps, although their draw isn't that great. Even though they've got seven games at home, it is not an easy draw. Uh, the other one's Essendon. Uh, and these two do play each other, so it could be for a spot in the eight uh, later in the season. So those would be the two. St. Kilda, I think, just don't have enough weaponry to challenge. Hawthorne, I almost think, is too far back. North Melbourne could, Bulldogs could, but then after that, no, not a chance. Um, now, I've got a couple of questions. Could the DeBoer injury, Matt DeBoer injury, derail GWS's season? Mm, I don't know about derailing it because they're certainly not doing it just on the back of DeBoer. They've got a pretty handy midfield that goes very well. So it is a... Uh, a bit of a dilemma for them. I think uh, there's a small chance that someone else will come in. Well, sorry, a big chance that someone else will come in and play that role or perhaps someone already in the team will just switch over to being a little bit more defensive-minded. So I think they can they can cover him. And, um, yeah, it is a shame for them, though, because he has been in such great great form and there's even the chance that he could have made the All-Australian team, but that's done and dusted now. Mm, that it is. Um, on to another GWS player, Stephen Coniglio. Reports came out this week, $1.4 million a season is what St Kilda are prepared to pay him to come play for their club. The other clubs that are in the mix, Hawthorne, Carlton, and surprisingly, West Coast. Thoughts on that one? Love the last one. Can't see it happening because I don't think we can offer him anywhere near. Wagon, didn't, you, of... didn't you just play King's Ransom for uh, Gaffey? Uh, to be honest, I'm not really up sure with uh, the, the figures that he commanded. I think he took a bit of a pay cut though. So, yeah, but I can't see us being able to afford him and Tim Kelly who – is going to be getting around about seven or eight hundred thousand as well. So. Well, I thought Tim Kelly was going to Freo. I don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. He loves it at West Coast. Um, Stephen Caniglia, uh, he's a creme de la creme player. In all honesty, out of this, I can see him taking less than that. And the way they're playing at the moment, and with Josh Kelly staying, I don't think there's a reason why he goes there. The only club I could see him going to have actually called their interest in him, which is surprising, which is Geelong. Now, maybe that's because of the figures that have been touted. They can't afford him. That's possibly the reason. Um, but Geelong would be the only club that I could see him going to outside of GWS. Um, I, don't, yeah, I don't see him leaving because they still have a big window. Premierships and mm. well, he's how old is he? He's probably 26, 27. Oh, he's 25, maybe. So, you know, he could play another great five years, mm. and the Premiership window would still well and truly be open for them. So, well, what, well, what you look at is you look at their success. I don't know. You look at their spine, and you've got Jeremy Cameron down there. You've got if they get Patton back, you've Probably they're lacking a ruckman, but they've got Big Mummy in there for now. Uh, you've got Phil Davis down back. You've got Finn Layson that's come into his own. Sam Taylor. You've got um, Toby Green as well. They've got depth with that in Jack the – Zach Langdon. Yeah. So I, I don't see him going anywhere. Callum Ward will be coming back, obviously, from his ACL next year. But the later it gets in the year – 
does the only player that's done it late in the year that I can think of that stayed yeah there's two then not Gaff uh, the other one is here in Adelaide oh Sloney Sloney mm-hmm. so Gaff and Sloney are the ones that have bucked the trend um, yeah, oh Tommy Lynch yeah. yeah but he we always knew he was going so that's the other trend um Adelaide and Tex, and I'm noticing a bit of an upward trend with both of them. They're both playing well. They're both in good form. Are they both starting to find their mojo, Adelaide and Tex, together? Yeah. uh, Tex, my man, who Mm. I've uh, levelled a bit of criticism at him, and I'm not the only one because there were a lot of doubters, but last two weeks you have to take a hat off to him. He's been fantastic because he's done the things that he wasn't doing, and that is take contested marks, mm. take any sort of mark, and, yeah. and kick big goals. Okay, yes, he's kicked a few behinds. He probably could have had a bigger night against Richmond, but just taking that big contested mark, that just makes such a difference to your forward line, mm. and he's doing that at the moment. So he looks to be in great form, obviously a confidence player. We can say that about him. So he just needs to keep doing what he's doing at the moment and everything will be fine. The, the haters will stop and uh, Tex can just look forward and worry about his, his own game. What I like is it's starting to get a very good balance around it. Uh, your midfield of Brad Crouch, Matt Crouch, Sloan, uh, Ellis Yolman in career best form. Uh, then you've got uh, Betts is still Eddie Betts. Lachlan Murphy's come more as that uh, defensive pressure small forward. Uh, Jenkins is back to the form. Unfortunately, got injured last week, which is a um, bit disappointing. Uh, but then their defence as well. So Hardigan, Talia, Jake Kelly, uh, Brody Smith, uh, Roy Laird. It's a very settled, um, and of course, Alex Keith in career best form. It's a very settled back line. It's a very settled midfield. Couple that with the forward line. And then you've got the ruck issue. Sam Jacobs can't get a look in because Riley O'Brien's bringing his game uh, to another level. Mm. So it's actually turned around and now Adelaide are on the front foot rather than being on the back foot. So I can see them uh, having an impact not only for the rest of the season but perhaps on the finals. All right, Hawthorne. Are they in a rebuilding phase? Do they need to rebuild? Do they need to go the draft? And on the basis of this week, and I'll get to him in the uh, launching pad as well, is Stratton an adequate captain now? Uh, Hawthorne definitely in a rebuild. I think there's no doubt about that. Clarkson says they're a middle-of-the-road team and he's probably looking at really rejuvenating that list. Maybe they go trades, find another big fish somewhere. But But they've done that consistently, but now that... It's almost come to the end of the road. They, they have remember they haven't had a draft where they've had top ten, even top twenty draft picks. Mm. I think they need to do that in order to regenerate their list. Yeah, because they had to do that to get your Mitchells, your Hodges, your Lewises, and that really drove the club. Mm. You know that one sort of one or two drafts. So yeah, I think they do need to go back to the to the draft. Um, as far as Stratton goes, I feel like it's a little bit of a Storm in a teacup. It's been a bad two weeks for him, but everyone would still be backing him to to be the good leader that he was chosen to be. And we haven't heard anything bad about him until these last couple of weeks. So 
I think he needs to just reset, reset his tactics and, um, you know, be a more upstanding captain, which I think he can. Yeah, uh, fair points there, fair points. All right, last one before I hit the launching pad. Have we seen now, with the freedom, and perhaps we overlooked his injury early in the season, the re-emergence of perhaps the most promising forward in the competition, Charlie Kerno. Yeah, and what a difference in our couple of weeks, mate, because uh, he had that knee issue, and uh, the last two weeks he's really found his best form Kicked seven goals last week. Looked to be the match winner. Um, just couldn't get over the line. But uh, we all knew that he was going to be a star. We all were hoping that he'd show this form earlier. But, you know, those issues with the body, they really, at AFL level, they make a huge difference because you sort of lose that 10% extra and the opposition gain that 10% and you sort of find yourself just really going you know, through the paces. But now he, he looks to be fit again and I think uh, we'll see some good things from him in the last half of the season. Yeah, I, I know that knee injury, having seen it live, didn't look great against Port Adelaide and that had a fair bit to do with it. Obviously, then you couple the woes that were happening at Carlton at the time and, of course, that made him a bit of a scapegoat for what was going on. Um, but definitely, Kerno now, coupled with Harry McKay, They've got some really good forward line structure going uh, going ahead. Mm. And whatever coach gets that, they've got two tall, fantastic targets. That they only need to get a couple of smalls around that that are quality. And all of a sudden, Carlton's upward trend will be very quick. Mm. And then we should see the best of Mitch McGovern, who's sort of struggled a bit. He's had body issues as well. Mm. Missed a few games here and there. Come off early in games. But he, we saw how well he did with the Crows being that third tall. Mm. So, um, yeah, the fact that they've got those two once-in-a-generation types think that, yeah, he can really find his feet. Yeah, it makes And massive. he will be a good trade for them in the, in the long run. Yeah, if he stays there longer than the uh, two or three years he's signed <laughs> for and doesn't go back to WA with his brother. Um, all right, launching pad time. All right, it's time. Okay, yeah. I've got uh, three bullets that I need to fire uh, from this launching pad. Now, I don't know which in particular order because both all make me mad. I'm going to start with the story of the day. Jaden Stevenson, betting on his own matches, betting on himself, betting on his teammates. Now, in this day and age, how he thought that he was going to get away with it, I don't know. He says he's embarrassed. He says it's stupid. Yes, you're right, Jaden. You're exactly right. It is embarrassing. It's stupid. It's idiotic. Hayden, um, Hayden, he sure got done for it. Sorry, Haydos. He sure got done for it in 2011. Now, this is going back eight years when social media was less prevalent and there was less going on. How on earth did he think he was going to get away with it, even using his friend's betting account and giving his friend cash uh, to put the bets on? There's too many people around. There's too many people snooping. Mate, if you need, if you're that desperate for a bet, there's ice hockey in Finland. There's CREC in Italy. The Cricket World Cup's on. There's plenty of stuff you can bet on. You can even bet on some qualifier tournaments over in Indian Wells in the tennis. Mm. Just the one rule, which is clear cut, black and white, which you should understand because he wears black and white. Don't bet on your own sport because it is interpreted as match fixing. 
Ask Shane Warne, ask Mark War, who were inquis- uh, who were investigated years ago with the cricket, before that became more of an issue with the likes of Muhammad Amir from Pakistan, who is a very fine bowler, my dad. But don't bet on your own sport. It's not hard. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, very stupid from him. And boy, did he cop a whack. 22 matches. 12 suspended. So he only needs to do one minor thing wrong. Those 12 matches will come back to haunt. But at the moment, it's 10 matches. The rest of the season... Isn't it ridiculous, though, that he misses the rest of the season but comes back for week one of finals? Why didn't that happen to Gaff? Well, yeah, okay. Good point. (laughs) But he can't play VFL, though. So the match situation awareness and the match conditioning goes out the window. The only thing he can do is they can tailor a program around what a match would be like. Train the house down. But that's all he can do. Mm. He doesn't get that physical contact. He doesn't get that running to a certain space or a certain lead. So that's the issue with that. He gets enough space though, so it's uh, no issue there. No, true. <laughs> He's very quick. Uh, he just wasn't spaceman. Yeah, he just yeah the spaceman. The spaceman definitely spaced out on this one. <laughs> right, Ben Stratton. Now this everyone it's been an uproar, pinchy, all the Simpsons memes. Now, it was the same thing against Charlie Cameron a couple of weeks ago. And then when you hear certain ex-players talk, this has been going on for years. It's just that it's magnified now because there's so many cameras and eventually someone's picking it up. So why wasn't it stamped out earlier? Razor Ray was right there when Ben Stratton was doing it to Charlie Cameron two weeks ago and laughed at it. Was it Razor? I don't think it was. Oh, I don't know. It looked like Razor. It looked like <laughs> they're Razor. All, they're, all razor. They, they're all Razor. They, if they look like Razor, they're Razor. Now, why wasn't something done then? The umpires laughed at it. If he pays a free kick then, that stops. If he pays a 50-metre penalty, that stops. If that hurts Hawthorne and they get a goal out of it, then it stops it instantly. At least... Now, something's been done. Oh, okay, he got one for it and then one from the stomping. The stomping was out of line because he could have broken. That also paved the way for one of the best Simpsons memes I've ever seen. Stampy. Uh, was it Stampy? It was. Oh, oh I forgot to stamp, stamp it. it. Yeah, that, that, was a, uh, that was a very good Simpsons meme. That was probably a uh, Simpsons meme of the year. Um, but, mate, you're going to have to reset your tactics this is the stuff that was going on in the 80s. But even then, they weren't pinching because uh, I would have liked to have seen you pinch um, Tony Lockett because that would be interesting. Well, but yeah, you could defend yourself a bit better within mm, reason. Mm. It well, yeah, been. exactly. <laughs> like I was listening to a few ex-players from that era. If that happened, well, look, you give him a bit of a whack. He's probably not going to do it again if you do that. Different era now. You've just got to put up with it. And look, credit to Orazio Fantasia because he could have retaliated. He should have probably retaliated, but he would have been in more trouble if he did so. So it's better that he didn't. All right, final bullet. Oh, no, no. Okay, keep going, and then I'll buy the final bullet. The thing I'll say is Stratton obviously doesn't listen to the radio because they were talking about it all week after he started pinching Cameron Mm. and said, okay, there probably needs to be something done about this. But then he goes and does it again on Friday Night Footy with more of an audience, Mm. and then it's any wonder that, it blew up in his face like it did. So it was stupid, but I think he's a smart enough person. He's obviously going to have a look at himself in the mirror and say, all right, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Put that behind him and go back to being a star defender. Yeah, because he really is their barometer. When he's up and about and he's doing well, Hawthorne are generally doing well. And I've always said he's the one player that probably can, 
ill afford to to lose the most. Um, all right, final bullet, and it's at my club. It's Port Adelaide. Same old excuses, poor team selection, poor players in a tough contest, and poor coaching. So same old excuses are, well, we were in it and then we lost it. No, I'm sick of hearing that. The the poor team selection. Riley Bonner gets gifted games. Stephen Motlop gets gifted games. I'm sick of seeing it. If they haven't had a continual month, I, I can't even remember. Riley Bonner was brought back for China. I remember that. But I can't even remember what form he had leading up to it. Clearly it was enough in uh, Ken's eyes for him to come back. But I'm sorry, if you are in a tight game, it's 50-50, it's only, I think, a goal in it at a time, you kick backwards to a, sorry, sideways from just on the edge of the centre but towards the wing, and you kick it into the the edge of the centre square to a two-on-one against your own side that then goes inside 50 and gets scored a goal for the other side. That is just dumb, dumb, dumb football. But I've seen it too many times before, and it has to stop. Too many poor players in tough contests. That last quarter, no one stood up. The only player that stood up out of all those players on the ground was probably Boke. And Boke did it the whole game. Tried his hardest, was up against five. So they went to -to head-to-head. They didn't get tagged. But he put his body on the line, contest after contest, um, and kept willing the whole side on it, even though he's not captain anymore. Um, outstanding effort. But he was the only one, and that that's an issue. Then poor coaching. I really like Kane Farrell. I think he's a great player, uh, and he was rated, I think, an elite kick at the draft, one of the draft camps from memory. But I'm sorry, you cannot leave Kane Farrell as your one out with no other players in the forward line against Luke Ryan. Okay, you're trying to get a small on-tall mismatch. If you're going to do that, then do that with Robbie Gray because Robbie Gray's done it many times before and you know you can trust him to go one out. Kane Farrell is good, but he's not Robbie Gray good. So he's not going to be able to do the same things. He tried his best Farrell in that position. He'd already kicked four goals, so he'd done brilliantly. But he's not going to be able to perform that in the last quarter when the game is on the line, the ball's not coming down there. So you need someone that is going to be able to do that, and that's Robbie Gray. It's simple. Um, but why would you change it when you're up at three-quarter time with your forward structure, and then you change to a one-out? Just don't get it. Um, don't understand it. I've been sick of the same old excuses for a very long time. Having said that, this week, no real pressure on Port Adelaide because everyone thinks Geelong will win, much like when Port went over to Perth and played West Coast. It's the type of game they win, and that really, really annoys me because it shows that they've got the talent. They just don't have the mental attitude. And we already know, after having seen tonight, three players are being dropped. I don't think it's right that one of them gets dropped, but that's how it is. Ryder, Westhoff, Sam Panel, Pepper will be out of the side. It looks like Ebert, Dixon, and Wines come in. Westhoff, you could probably argue his form hasn't been great, so that's probably okay. Ryder, a bit stiff. Uh, and Sam Powell Pepper well, he's been down the last couple of weeks, so understandable. But then again, Bonner and Motlop hold their spots. So yeah, it does it doesn't solve the problems overall. That's the launching pad for this week.
On to round 14 and Thursday night, it's your mob, West Coast versus Essendon. West Coast $1.35, Essendon a juicy three fifteen dollars Opta Stadium. I'm going the Eagles to reverse last year's result. Mm. Yeah, and last year's result was very distressing for an Eagles fan. They got the jump on us early and kept that 40-point lead for basically the whole game. Um, I don't think they're in quite as good form as they were. That was when they really started to hit a purple patch in the last half of the season last year. And I think we do have a decent couple additions to the side, um, namely Shannon Hearn and Elliot Yo, as well as a few other fairly good role players for us and a debutant by the name of Jared Cameron, brothers to Charlie Cameron. So if he's half as good as him, we'll take that. I think we rebound here, being at home, week off, go Eagles. All right, I'm backing the Eagles in because I have been on them all year. Uh, so it's uh, Hearn, Yo, Maston, uh, Chris Maston, Oscar Allen, Jackson Nelson, Jared Cameron in. Out, omitted Jake Waterman, Tom Cole, Josh Smith, Josh Rotham, Willie Rowley, uh, Willie Rioli and Nathan Barty both suspended. Mitch Brown comes in for Jake Stringer for the Bombers. West Coast for mine. Uh, Friday night, Sydney versus Hawthorne. SCG, Sydney, $1.52, Hawthorne, two fifty. Without Stratton, I do not like the Hawks, but having said that, this is a game Clarkson probably wins. Yeah, and Hawthorne have the wood over Sydney at the SCG in particular. Um, I'm not sure on the stats, but I know that they've definitely won the last couple. And uh, for whatever reason, they really get up for this clash. Stratton is a big lo- uh, big out for them. And Sydney is starting to turn the corner. You can really see the signs that they're starting to come on and uh, the future is uh, looking a fair bit brighter than it was at the start of the season. So... I'm going to go for Sydney in this one, but Hawthorne not without their chance. Yeah, I'm going Sydney in this one as well. All right, Saturday early match, 1.15pm, Melbourne $1.75, Fremantle 207, MCG. Uh, despite Fremantle's recent form and having the best player in the comp right now at this very point in time, in Sunny Michael Sunny Walters, I'm going for Melbourne. Uh, I just like where they've headed the last few weeks, despite the loss to Collingwood. Uh, and I think uh, this could be one where they cause an upset. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that Melbourne are the favourites here with uh, their last two games, losses to Adelaide and Collingwood, whereas Fremantle beat Collingwood and Port Adelaide. But there is a reason for that, and it's because it's at the MCG. Um, I think the week off will really do Melbourne a lot of good here, and I think that they'll win, but again, Fremantle, they're a little bit hard done by there in the uh, betting, and I think uh, they're definitely a decent chance. That they are, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Demons. Uh, Twilight Saturday, St. Kilda versus Brisbane. St. Kilda 214, Brisbane $1.70, Marvel Stadium. Uh, St. Kilda got the win over Gold Coast, but uh, wasn't convincing by any stretch. Brisbane with the week off. Hopefully, we'll come out breathing fire after that lost uh, shock loss to Carlton. Uh, I'm backing the Lions in this one. I think they will bounce back. If uh, there are any chance of playing finals, this is the match they need to win. Yeah, I'm going to go Brisbane as well. I hope they do win this. Um, St. Kilda, they're still plucky, winning uh, winning enough games to remain in contention for finals. And Hanabry is going to play this week. Jake Carlisle, not too far away. Jack Steele, probably another couple of weeks after that. They might start to have their best 
best team on paper and you never know. But Brisbane, this is the game that they really, really need to win. That loss against Carlton, you said earlier, really going to come back to bite them at the end of the year potentially. But um, yeah, the week off, they can reset. Just had a bit of reality check last couple of weeks and um, yeah, they win this one. All right, Port Adelaide versus Geelong, 7-10 Saturday night. Sole fixture, Port Adelaide 265 at home. Geelong $1.47, uh, clear favourites. Now, the only th- the only elephant in the room is, is Geelong going to finally win after a bye. I'm picking the upset literally because of what I spoke about in the launching pad. This is a game that people don't expect Port to win, and this is a game they likely do win. So I'm going to tip Port with no real confidence at all. I'm going to tip the Cats. Hard to go past uh, the league leaders at the moment. Um, having said that, like you said, Port Adelaide, no pressure. Have some really good ins in their co-captain, Ollie Wines. Brad Ebert, play that forward role. And Charlie Dixon, the big solution up forward. But, yes, Geelong in great form. Hopefully Danger plays. And uh, I think that they'll win. All right. So the last game being the Sunday game, Western Bulldogs versus Collingwood. At uh, Marvel, because it's Western Bulldogs home game, Western Bulldogs three forty, Collingwood a dollar thirty. Western Bulldogs can cause Collingwood problems, but uh, I think I've got to go Collingwood in this one. Yeah, Collingwood for me as well. Uh, off the bye, Bulldogs played last week. Going to be a battle of the midfields here. Um, whoever wins it will really hold sway uh, for for the entirety of the match. Um, I think Collingwood do win this. Yeah, I think Collingwood as well. And that uh, does us for the round. The gold, silver, bronze matches. Gold, West Coast, Essendon have picked. Silver, Port Geelong. And the bronze, Melbourne, Frio. Um, they're the gold, silver, and bronze matches. And we'll come back after the break with our locks, upsets, best values, and roundup of the tips. Welcome back to the Sporting Ones AFL Behavioural Awareness uh, Podcast, episode round 14. Now doing the uh, locks, upsets, uh, best value and the tips. Uh, But first, just a quick thought uh, about uh, what's been going on with the fans and behavioural awareness. Obviously, it's uh, been quite an issue this week. Uh, in the AFL, along with the betting scandal and Ben Stratton. So uh, it's been a uh, full-on week uh, for the AFL journos, that's for sure. Um, my take on it, it's probably just gone a little bit too far, too quickly. Uh, obviously, there needed to be a reaction to the earlier season crowd violence we, we've been seeing, but it's probably been a little bit heavy-handed uh, to the fact that some supporters just supporting too loudly have been uh, evicted from games and that's not what we want because obviously uh, us the fans are what create the game so it just needs to uh, strike a fine balance and there is a need there for more um, sort of security with um, with the crowd violence that has been uh, more prevalent this season but it's just a matter of uh, getting that striking that fine balance so that's what they need to do all right anyway on to the uh, uh, locks upsets best values tips Etc. And uh, unfortunately, Hados can't be with us for this part of it, but he has left his locks, upsets, best value, and tips. Uh, and we did try this a little bit early, but it didn't upload. So uh, it's just me right now. So two out of six last week from the locks, upsets, and best value, but only one tip from six. So I don't know that, how that happens. Uh, that uh, just, uh, yeah, very, very uh, strange by myself. But um, 
I did get the two locks, but only the one tip. And the upsets and best value uh, were null and void. So the locks you're looking at for mine, I've got Collingwood as a lock at, um, against Western Bulldogs in the Sunday game. And I've got Sydney at home to the Hawks. Just with everything that's gone on this week, I think Sydney will be far too good. And plus they will probably have a few guns back as we alluded to. Uh, upsets, I've got Port at home and St. Kilda against uh, Brisbane at Marvel. And then best value, I've got um, Frio in that uh, matchup at the MCG. And Essendon, uh, Juicy, 3.15 away in the West. So uh, looks quite good there. Hayden's locks. He's got West Coast at home tomorrow night. And Collingwood on the Sunday, his upsets. He's gone with the Hawkers. Uh, given their record at the SCG is quite good. And given what's happened over the week, he thinks they are a good bet for that. Uh, the, he agrees that the um, the Dockers are good for an upset as well at those uh, odds just over the $2 mark and with the way they've been playing. So worth a shot there. And his best value is the Bulldogs, $3.40 against Collingwood on the Sunday. Match up well in the midfield against Collingwood as well. So... Definitely not a bad option, and Port Adelaide as well. He thinks, um, much like myself, that uh, given at home and against um, the Cats and with uh, the changes in the teams that we already know about, that uh, that could be um, a good best value bet. All right, his tips, he's gone, uh, as in his words before, were quite vanilla. Uh, all the favourites, uh, the Eagles, the Swans, the Demons, the Lions, the Cats, and the Pies. And if you put that into a multi and odds boosted on Ladbrokes, uh, comes out at 13.16. So it's not a bad multi to get on. Uh, probably uh, better than mixed multi and probably a better chance of mixed multi. Uh, probably got more than a 1 in 64 chance of getting up. But uh, you could uh, definitely have a little a wager on that uh, multi and see if that gets up. Uh, I think I've got probably too many upsets in mine uh, to have a crack at. So we'll just have to uh, – actually, no, I've only got Port in there. So, yeah, my, mine would add a bit more value on uh, on the 13-16. But uh, basically uh, that brings us to the end of this behavioural awareness AFL episode. Remember to uh, behave and be aware of your behaviour. And uh, if you are gambling, make sure you gamble responsibly. Uh, so it's uh, just making sure that, uh, yeah, bet what, uh, bet what you uh, what you can afford, all those uh, messages. Um, now, in terms of uh, social platforms, uh, the, face, uh, the Facebook page is The Sporting One, uh, Instagram at The Sporting One, and Twitter, one underscore sporting. And, of course, all your podcast shows you can get uh, through Podcast Central on Facebook. So remember to like that page as well. And then your podcast platforms, uh, it's available on most of the good platforms. So Spotify, um, CastBox, Podbean, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, and Anchor, which is the platform we're on. All right, well, good luck for your side this week. Uh, good luck with any bets you may uh, have. Uh, remember to uh, be aware of your behavior, uh, behave accordingly, gamble responsibly, and uh, have a great weekend. And we'll speak to you next week.
Bye from this morning one.